This is the Pop Tournaments podcast. In Pop Tournaments, we take a category of pop culture and let you, the fans, vote on matchups in a single elimination tournament format to determine an ultimate champion. We are here to discuss those results and the upcoming matchups. Thanks to our great community and everybody who votes, let's start the show. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Pop Tournaments podcast. This is episode 90. Oof. Wow. We are coming to you on March 7th, 2022. Hope everybody out there is doing well. Um, I, I got nothing significant for this date. Uh, it's it's Brian Cranston's birthday, I guess. Mm. Ah. You don't call that significant? <laughs> Heisenberg? <laughs> I, 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 I'll give him significant. All right. Uh, like I said, hope everybody is doing well. Uh, we are back to talk about uh, tournaments, and we've got a really juicy episode uh, this week. But first, we have Ryan Barrett. What's happening, everybody? And Jennifer Schmidt. Hi, friends. I'm Jake. It's... Uh, Ben, uh, really quick, I should say uh, congrats to uh, I Want to Dance with Somebody. Woohoo! Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we all called it. We did. Yep. yep. We got it. We got it. We got it right. <laughs> Although Escapade, so I Want to Dance with Somebody beat uh, Escapade in our championship. I say that with quotation mm-hmm. marks because, you know, we were just having fun with this tournament. Again, mm-hmm. it wasn't... Uh, one artist up against another but uh, it got really close because uh escapade dominated on instagram and twitter mm, yeah. funny mm-hmm. like it, it it was a landslide on facebook but got close uh two great songs yeah. really really fun tournament we had there yeah i like to think uh, escapade won the janet jackson tournament mm-hmm. i want to dance with somebody won the whitney houston tournament yeah. right yeah and it's funny that it's a song like I want to dance with somebody, but we all kind of agree that Janet Jackson's the better dancer of the two. So, yeah. So in a way, they're Whitney both, Houston they're wants both to dance. <laughs> yes. Janet Jackson just dances. <laughs> Janet Jackson could actually really fucking dance. Yeah. And Whitney Houston needs a partner to dance. So. Yeah. There we go. Uh, very very fun tournament. But oh, so Ryan, how's how's it been? What what's the weekend been like? Oh, it's been great. It was. Fully packed with content. Awesome. I, uh, within the course of about 24 hours, I watched four movies. Oh, boy. <laughs> nice. Um, plus slept. Mm-hmm. Um, I, on Saturday night, we went out to the movie theater and saw The Batman. Oh, I've heard the mm. things. Um, I loved it. Um, no spoilers. I, yeah, um... It, I, I honestly, like, first, you know, it's comparing apples and oranges, mm-hmm. <laughs> sort of, 
We're going to talk my, Batman later. <laughs> my, my first, my first, um, you know, instinct leaving the theater, I enjoyed this better than Spider-Man Far From Home. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, which I know, like, this is a much darker movie, you know, mm-hmm. a lot more grounded. Um, but it's so much, so much, such a specific vision. Um, and it's so, um, you know, it's so tactile, I think, with, like, the costumes and the performances and everything. It's just very real and very, like, I, I don't know. It's it's really unlike any vision of Batman I've ever seen. And unlike most, I mean, I haven't seen many superhero movies that are this kind of grounded in reality. Mm. Um, but it's, you know, without getting too much into it, I'll just say I, I love Robert Pattinson's yeah. Batman. Um, hmm. You know, great score just from like a craft perspective. All the, the costumes, the cinematography, all that is just amazing. Um, but I honestly am like super excited to see it again. And for, for being a three-hour movie, that's saying a lot. Um, and real quick, I, I, I remember you texting me right after you saw the first 10 minutes of the dark night um as a preview yeah like I, I you're a, you know you're a cinephobe you you mm-hmm. go to a lot of movies and cinephile. i cinephile. Cinephile. <laughs> cinephobe would be afraid yeah. <laughs> oh i'm but. thinking of a oh it's a podcast i listen to i apologize <laughs> that's right <laughs> i apologize um but no, I remember that day when you texted me. And you're like, mm-hmm. I just saw the first ten minutes of The Dark Knight, and so I know you're a Batman fan and how much you love yeah. it. So, uh, yep, yep. good recommendation. And, and this definitely, you know, I think if you're a fan of the the Christopher Nolan films, um, this is well being different from that. I think. Most people who enjoy those movies will enjoy this too. It's in the same it's, circle. It's yeah. in the yeah. It's it's still very serious. Um, I'd say it's darker. Um, mm. um, but yeah, but, you know, I don't, I don't want to get too specific, but just say I I thought it was great, and I definitely recommend it. Um, cool. The Batman. So then, um, next morning, woke up and started. Um, a new movie on Hulu called Fresh, starring oh, Sebastian Oh, I knew you would watch that this week. I saw about that. And I was like, oh, Ryan's watching this. Yeah. <laughs> for tomorrow. That's nope. my tomorrow yeah. movie. Oh, man. Really good. Really fun kind of suspense horror movie. Um, you know, again, I, I'm not going to say much about it, just because I think the less you know about it, the better. Um, mm-hmm. But definitely... Fun, entertaining, wild ride. Um, and it was a perfect way to start the day um, because <laughs> it got a lot like heavier from there. Um, after that, we watched a new movie. I can't remember where it was streaming. Um, maybe Showtime? But it was a Sundance <laughs> movie um, called After Yang. Oh, I want to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, starring Colin Farrell, um, and also really good, um, very, you know, 
kind of slow and ethereal, um, but it's kind of like a sci-fi drama, um, mm-hmm. and it takes place in the future. And there's a, it's a family um, of, you know, it's a mom and dad and an adopted, do- their adopted daughter um, from China, and they get a, um, like, I don't know. Uh, robot brother for her, but for all, I mean, for lack of a better term, um, it's like, a, it looks and acts exactly like a human being, you know, yep. but they basically buy a sibling for her. So uh, she has somebody who can, um, you know, it, it's somebody who can kind of, it's another like Chinese model. So they mm-hmm. can te- teach her about, her Chinese heritage and just be like a good sibling to her. Um, But the, and this is all like the first few minutes Mm -hmm. um, of the movie, but the, the robot like breaks down. And so they're kind of trying to deal with getting it repaired. And, you know, uh, the, the daughter is kind of going through this crisis of, you know, her brother all of a sudden Mm -hmm. not working and it it's very deep, very like heavy, but um really good. Um, you know, if you there's um you know, it follows I think a lineage of like movies in the last twenty years, um that are like these sci fi dramas, you know, mm-hmm. that are fully mm-hmm. futuristic sci fi movies. But there's no, you know, guns, no... Um, it's about the human element, right? Like Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, I mean, I, I would say it would be like a Black Mirror episode directed by, you know, an hmm. art film mm-hmm. director, you know? Um, but yeah, de- mm-hmm. definitely, I, I would recommend it. It's, it's a little more heady, um, but... Um, both Rebecca and I loved it. Um, is it a little bit like her, the one with Joaquin Phoenix? Because like yeah. reading the reviews, it kind of gave me those vibes. Um, but the, listening to you, it sounds like it's maybe a little bit darker. Um, yeah, I, I would say her definitely has a little more whimsy. Okay. Um, hmm. that this is a little bit um more contemplative, mm-hmm. I think. Less and, whimsy. And, Less yeah, less whimsical. <laughs> On the whimsy um, scale. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, With Wes Anderson being one side. <laughs> yeah. And Steven Soderbergh maybe being the other side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There um, we go. Oh, the, it's like the definitely... scale, Jen, but it's you just, whimsy scale. <laughs> you, you, you nailed the episode title right <laughs> yeah. The whimsy scale. <laughs> This is definitely like a, a pretty low on the whimsy scale, <laughs> um, but uh, still definitely recommend. And, and then we finished off our day with our second three hour movie of the bunch, uh, Drive My Car. Right. Um, Where did you watch that? Is it? That streaming? is now on HBO Max. Excellent. Oh, nice. Thank ju- you. Just, just started um, a couple days ago on HBO Max, so... That was my last uh, Oscar 
best picture contender that I had yet to see. So, um, so I'm, I've now seen them all. Um, I really, really loved it. I I liked it more than I thought I would. Um, you know, I kind of, I was a little intimidated by it, I think, because it was so beloved by critics primarily. And I hadn't really talked to any normal people who had seen it, um, quote unquote, normal people, um, who had seen it. Um, because it wasn't available, you know, it just kind of became available a couple days ago on HBO for the, mo- for the masses. Um, and you know, everything I had heard about it, it, it sounded, you know, it's, it's long and it's foreign mm-hmm. and, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it, it's a lot to kind of walk into going, okay, I know I need to watch this, mm-hmm. but it's a mm-hmm. three hour Japanese drama. Yeah. Um, and you know, it, and Ryan it's... thinks it's only for normal people. No, yeah. Mm-hmm. So None of us I, weirdos. <laughs> I, uh, I, I was surprised that pretty much right away, um, you know, it's, it, it had an entry point, at least for me, I think right from the get go, I was like, okay, I'm in, this is like, you know, um, I, I thought it was very enjoyable and entertaining pretty much all the way through. I started to feel the length maybe in the last half hour, but for the most part, it was really entertaining. Um, it's despite dealing with a lot of, um, heavy themes, it's, it's not overly heavy. Hmm. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll get more into drive. We'll get it more into drive my car in our Oscar episode, but, uh, suffice it to say, I, I thought it was really great and yeah, I'm excited to talk about it more once everybody's seen it. Awesome. Right on. Sounds like a fun weekend. Yeah, it was. If you enjoy three-hour movies, it's (laughs) one of the best ones I've had in a while. Uh, uh, Jen, uh, I know uh, things have been kind of crazy lately, and it's Minnesota Smarch. It is Smarch. (laughs) But uh, have have you had a a good week since we talked to you last? Yeah. Um, Yeah, it was pretty uneventful except like i did a lot of driving so not a ton of content as we went to wisconsin um to Mm. visit my husband's uh parents and so that was very nice um but i am almost finished with an audiobook that i highly recommend um the uh well i mean not necessarily it as an audiobook the book or the audiobook (laughs) both are available options um so it's what we it's a it's nonfiction, um, and not so much a memoir, more of like just a researched like nonfiction novel, and it's um, what we don't talk about when we talk about fat, and it's by um, Aubrey Gordon, who's the host of my favorite podcast, one of the two hosts of Maintenance Phase, which mm. is all mm. about debunking toxic um, diet culture in the u.s and so this is kind of her like very research-backed um book about you know about you know fat shaming culture in the u.s and really breaking down all of these you know stereotypes that we have in our head so i highly recommend it 
It is great. I like it as the audiobook um, because I can listen to it while I'm driving. But unfortunately, mm-hmm. she doesn't read the audiobook, which is disappointing because she's a podcaster and does such an amazing job on her podcast. So I don't know what's going on there. I prefer listening to her than the audiobook reader because the audiobook reader reads it in a very audiobook way that I don't much care for. I hate that like cadence of audiobooks. But, but despite that, it's great and really like just interesting listen and something that everyone should really think about because we are all so affected um, Hmm. by fat stigma and the different like debunked health claims and uh, like pop culture and how that's changing the way we think and highly recommend it. So again, it's what we don't talk about when we talk about fat um, by Aubrey Gordon. So check that out. Very good recommendation. Yes. Sounds great. And then when I was in Wisconsin, we watched the movie Coda, uh, which had Mm. been recommended to me so many times. Um, And so we finally watched it. It is one of the Best Picture nominees. And it's the one that I'm telling, like, everybody to go see. I can't imagine someone who wouldn't love this movie. (laughs) It is a joy from start to finish. Uh, It's super funny, which I didn't realize. Um, And it it might make you cry. It got, like, all of us. But not sad cry. It is not a sad cry movie at all. You don't get anywhere close to, like, sad crying in this. It is overall, I consider, a fairly, like, happy movie, especially for, like, Oscar nominees. Mm-hmm. Totally um, agree. Yeah, it's it's funny and cheerful and resilient and has like it's up against a musical, but this is almost a better like musical. Like the music in it is so perfectly chosen, and it's sung in a like because it's about a girl who's an amazing singer and she's in a choir, and so you like the singing in it is like fantastic, like great score. And it just, like, it sounds like such a corny movie. Like, you, the plot is something you've seen so many times before, but it's just, like, elevated. It's perfectly acted. It's really fast-moving. Um, fantastic. And I'm glad, like, it's get definitely getting some momentum going into award season with that SAG win that it picked up last week. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited about it. So see it, no, see I'm it, glad see you it. Said, yes. You, I'm glad you said that because, well... Again, we'll talk about it more in Oscar episode, but like it's it's interesting how the sound categories are gonna go this year. All right, yeah, but yeah, uh, this this is it's so good, so good. You'll love it. <laughs> one of my favorite podcasters and one of Rebecca's favorite podcasters, Joanna Robinson, ah, um, yep. picked it as her pick to win Best Picture uh, post right. post SAGs and. Mm-hmm. Um, it's now, I just looked on Gold Derby today, which is like, you know, kind of the prognostication website for mm-hmm. all the experts and stuff. And it's now moved into second place ahead of Ooh. Belfast. Oh, um, nice. Behind Power of the Dog? Belfast. Behind Belfast. Power of the Dog, yeah. And Power of the Dog is dropping. So I think it's, I think Power of the Dog is like 12 to 2 or something. And Belfast mm-hmm. is like 8, to, or I mean, uh, Coda is like 8 to 1. So mm-hmm. it's, it's mm. closing in. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. like, everyone should just see it. My in-laws loved it. Um, Steve and I loved it. It got him choked up. 
Um, and, and John was playing Roblox because he gets to play Roblox on the weekends and he like put his phone down to watch, <laughs> to fully watch the second half of the movie with us. So it's great. Yeah, really fun. And right I'm, mm-hmm. I mean, all of the acting in it is great, but Troy Kotzer is so incredible. I'm so excited that he's like also picking up momentum and mm-hmm. seemingly has a real shot at winning best actor or best supporting actor. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the scene where she sings to her dad is the best scene. I like, it's so good. It's so waterworks. Good. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and again, but it's happy tears. It's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely See, one you, you can waterworks. watch with family. Like, yeah, it's great. And it's got enough F words in it to like make me happy and feel authentic. And you can yeah. learn how to say twat waffle in sign language. Like, <laughs> that's what I want in a movie. <laughs> there is that. Well, good. I'm glad. I, anything else? Uh, you know, the, nope. the, good to catch up on those Oscar nominees, though. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, we got to go to a, uh, sub, well, not real, but because prohibition isn't around anymore. But um, <laughs> we went to a speakeasy ah. over the weekend, um, and uh, I really felt like I, I, I thought maybe Ryan was going to be back there making <laughs> the drinks because they were so so very fancy. Um, but we went to uh, Volstead's Emporium. Uh huh. In Egan. No, no, that's Volstead House. Okay. Yep. Uh, this is Volstead's Emporium off of on, Lake on Street. Lindale. In, okay. Yep. 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 Lindale and Lake. Um, really, really fun time. Um, I really liked. Uh, it, it was funny, Kaylee. Uh, before we went, she's like, "I really hope it's like that Portlandia sketch where Andy Sandberg is the <laughs> <laughs> the drinkologist." Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, but really, really good inspired menu. Um, awesome. uh, we, we, had, we had a little bit of everything, some appetizers, some, uh, dishes and, uh, a couple different, my, my favorite is I had, a, a a beverage that had a full, like branch of rosemary nice. in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was really awesome. And it, it made me happy because I have a. I have a rosemary plant growing uh, in one of my uh, windows right now. So uh, if anybody wants some <laughs> fresh rosemary this summer, it's going to be huge once I yeah. transplant it into a, a bigger pot. But yeah, that that was fun. Um, finished up the after party. Are you no, guys caught up? Nope. Yeah. Nope. Not caught up yet. Nope. We're okay, waiting so we, so we can also... just watch the whole last half. Yeah. Ryan, well, without ruining anything, was it satisfying for you, Ryan? Yeah, the there there was, I I liked the first the the front of the season or series better than the back half, but I thought that Agreed. the conclu- the conclusion was very satisfying. Um, and I'll agree with all. Of I uh, yeah, I thought it was great. I didn't hate any of it though. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Same. No, so not, not uh, trying, uh, Jen, I know you're not caught up, so. Um, finished up the Righteous Gemstones. Mm-hmm. Nice. I don't know if you, really, they, they, I, they, they nailed it 
for I, season two. I really want to. I know I've been hearing so many great things. So very very funny season. Um, and I, I know I talked about it a few weeks ago with their their special, but uh, Reno Nine One One has a new season on Roku channel. So oh, fun. anybody who has Roku, uh, and it's been a really fun season. It's been one of those things that I've just been kind of going to to watch and it a lot of fun guest stars too so um yeah i've been boring (laughs) (laughs) mostly because i you know i didn't want to talk about we've got uh, an amazing tournament going on right now and i've been i've been catching up on a lot of these movies um even today uh i think our matchup today uh Christian Bale versus uh, Benicio. Yeah, it was tight when it's I It's like looked. one or two votes yeah. right now. Yeah. So. That's fun. Mm-hmm. We talked about it last week, though. So this yes. week we're going to talk about, uh, we, we got two matchups at the end, but we're going to talk about like our, our number one seeds here. So uh, I think an early favorite to take this whole thing. Mm-hmm. We'll see how it goes. Um, but we have Heath Ledger as the Joker. From uh, 2008's mm-hmm. The Dark Knight. So, uh, fantastic role. We we alluded to it earlier, Ryan. Like I said, you you sent me that text right after you saw that opening scene. Mm-hmm. How far do you think this, or Heath Ledger, I should say, can go in this tournament? It's definitely the favorite to win it all, I think. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think that Javier Bardem has a chance Um, (laughs) but but i think heath heath ledger has got to be the favorite to win it all um this is just such a you know this performance is one of like the touchstones of movies in this millennium you know (laughs) um not just for supporting actors but for like acting for movies this is maybe the most memorable character in film over the last 20 years Mm -hmm. um and you know most a a lot of these these people we're going to be talking about are just you know it's in the title they're supporting they're people who Mm -hmm. kind of come in and they they jump off the screen as you know Oh, you know who really stole the show? This person, mm-hmm. you know, this person mm-hmm. who was only in it for, you know, a third of the movie as opposed mm-hmm. to, you know, three quarters of the movie. But Heath Ledger, like saying he stole the show in The Dark Knight is an understatement. Like he right. was The Dark Knight. But I Knight. do feel like it's a supporting role, though. Oh, it definitely is, cool. is. I don't feel like it's like, you know, one of those where we're like, I mean, he was really a leading <laughs> role and they just put him in supporting. Like, I think it's a true supporting role. It's just so like important. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep, I, th- yep. I, I think he'll win easily. Whoever ends up getting mm-hmm. matched up against him, but it would be interesting to see uh, when we talk about the second round who the best actors were mm-hmm. that year. You know, it, it, it it's one of those where I I feel like if he had gotten nominated for best actor just straight up, he probably could have won that. Maybe. Also, but again, mm-hmm. we'll we'll have to. Look back at that class, but Ryan, Ryan, but, I didn't mean to cut you. No, 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 and, and Jenny, you're you're completely right. Like this was fully a supporting role and a supporting like mm-hmm. that. There was no argument to be made that that he should have been nominated for best actor, but it's just like 
the quintessential Ouch. supporting role, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so, so yeah, I mean, I, I think that this has got to be the, the favorite to win it all. Um, and yeah, it's, it's going to be tough to beat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what's yeah, like I, your favorite part of that performance? Like there's so many like crazy, huge, memorable scenes. Yeah. Like, like, is it like him on the radio with the boats at the end? Is it the pencil? Like, <laughs> I there's well, so much cool stuff. Is it all like the changing story about like his mouth and makeup? Like, my dogs love the part when he has his head out the window. Like, <laughs> down the road. That's pretty great. The, That's the, their favorite part. That that whole sequence in the hospital with the nurse's outfit and everything, <laughs> like. Yeah. <laughs> Again, just it yeah. seems like every scene that he's in in that movie belongs in like the Library of Congress. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing I hate it... about that performance is that now so many other people are trying to do it and I'm so fucking tired of every other. Like I hated <laughs> the movie Joker last year. Hated yeah. it. Hmm. Ah. And What about Dwight? What? Dwight from true. the office. What about what about Dwight when he Like in general? I'm alright with Dwight. When, when he dresses, no, up, he as dresses up as the Joker. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, I'm fine with that. <laughs> but I'm not a Jared Leto fan or a fan of his Joker at all. Um and yeah. So it's just like, god damn it. Now all of these assholes are keep trying to do their own Joker and put their stamp on the role and and I do not like what's come after. But every time somebody does something amazing. perfect, everybody tries to copy it. They do. I'm not gonna hold that against Heath Ledger. I am going no. to hold it against Walking well, Phoenix. But th- that's yeah. why I'm seeing so many tournaments and like voting polls on Twitter and everything everywhere. You know, we we did it perfect, and now everybody's trying to copy us. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think Heath Ledger has a good chance to go far in this tournament, but there are a lot of heavy hitters. So, uh, Ryan, you already alluded to this one uh, next. Javier Bardem in No Country for Old Men from 2007. Oh nope! I skipped. I skipped the wrong way. Sorry. We're gonna do Gene Hackman first. Oh, okay, for Unforgiven. Yeah. Sorry, I should Gene have like, probably read the show notes. <laughs> yeah. The Hackman. The Hackman, who is not a hack. He's very talented. No, <laughs> no he's one not. of the greats. Uh, but 1992, <laughs> Little Bill Daggett. Mm-hmm. I always thought that was a fun character name, but um, yeah, he's not a juggalo. He's not the Hackman from <laughs> the the juggalo. Uh, although Ryan told me about uh, he he was the hack man in South Park, so ah, um, great role and, and mm-hmm. a true like supporting role, mm-hmm. like, like definitely. But um, Jen, what do you what do you think here? Um, I like I think it's definitely a great performance. I don't think mm-hmm. too many people have watched Unforgiven in the past decade, so I think that mm. might hurt him. And he's also mm-hmm. like hasn't done stuff in so long. Like I think we all miss him. But I feel like it'll be hard for him to get a whole lot of momentum, probably. But Unforgiven's great. I love a good Western, and that is certainly a good Western. Yeah, this is, this is one of like yeah. his 
So, and he's Last great in serious it. roles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan, uh, is this a memorable one for you? Oh, yeah. I mean, I I just saw Unforgiven for the first time for our Best Picture tournament last year. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, that's and, right. That's and, right. You would have never seen it. That's and I loved it so much. Mm-hmm. And I loved, you know, Gene Hackman's performance is brilliant. He's such a good villain. And this mm-hmm. character is just despicable. Um, and, you know, it's funny. It just kind of, as I'm looking through these first three entries here, Heath Ledger, it's all villains. Gene Hackman, mm-hmm. Javier Bardem. It's yeah. like, oh yeah, there's there's definitely like, I I think supporting actor and actress, um, winners or nominees, whatever, kind of fall into some certain uh, mm-hmm. categories, and villain mm-hmm. is definitely one of them mm-hmm. that uh, that that gets gets a lot of attention, and um, mm-hmm. Gene Hackman is, I I think in this one of the great, uh, you know serious dramatic villains in in a non-horror movie um Mm -hmm. but yeah i i agree with you i think this movie because it is older i don't know that it's gonna be if if it's up against something you know um a little more modern it it might have a tough tough time but it's really tough no it it was tough kind of because it'll either be uh They'll either be Martin Landau or mm-hmm. uh, Jack Jack Palance. Yeah, okay. So. So yeah. <laughs> so he's the it, youngest little... of the bunch, I think. So yeah. there we go. <laughs> I think so. I, I might have that backwards. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, it, don't it... quote me on that. It's on. Mm-hmm. It's on vinyl, but don't. Quote me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, sorry. L- love Gene Hackman. Love this performance. Love Unforgiven. I hope it's successful. Um, although if it, if he does go up against Martin Landau, that's going to be a tough one for me to choose. Actually, I think it'll be Cuba Gooden Jr. or Ellen Arkin. That's going to be a tough matchup for Gene Hackman, I think. (laughs) Gene. Yeah, he might not, if Alan Arkin wins it, I don't know if he could beat Alan Arkin. Yeah. I'm here for that Western. Yeah. Heck Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> no we we also it seems on the actor side it's easy to get the that award if you're an older actor also and it, again no and no like age discrimination is here on the female but. side which i think says <laughs> a lot about our culture and what we value but exactly yes. exactly I, I i do think though that the supporting um, award is a little more open to like character actors mm-hmm. and older mm, actors yes. oh, rather than best actress in yeah, particular, it, yeah. I think it, is definitely the ingenue award. Um, I think there, you, you know, you'll see a little bit more give in the supporting category. I think, mm-hmm. yeah, that's why we're doing, like, supporting is so much more fun to talk about than the lead actor and Definitely. actress category. Like, every Big year, time. supporting is so much more fun. Yeah. Well, well, speaking of fun, we're going to talk about Javier Bardem as uh, Anton Chigurh <laughs> in uh, uh, 2007's uh, No Country for Old Men. A uh, um, barrel of laughs. Yeah. <laughs> redefining the villain, though. Yeah. Like, really, like, it, it, in... Uh, an amazing like oscar 
winning mm-hmm. role, obviously, like, you know, it was something you kind of hadn't seen since uh, Silence of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. I, I was going to say the exact same thing, Jay. <laughs> the, this, yeah, the, you I'm know, stealing I, your bits now. I, I, think, <laughs> I think Heath Ledger, you know, because it was a superhero movie, it's not looked at it as seriously as a movie like No Country for Old Men. But Especially in I, 2007, too. Yeah, exactly. I think a little bit more now, you, you know, mm-hmm. it might be taken a little more seriously. But No Country for Old Men was definitely a serious mainstream drama. Um, and the Javier Bardem's character, Anton Chigurh, Maybe the most notable villain, I think, since um, Hannibal, Hannibal Lecter. Lecter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We should all dress as him for Halloween. I, th- I got the haircut. So. <laughs> I think we could all, we, no, I, I think we could all actually pull it off. The, the we three probably of us. could, that's, that's yeah. one look. <laughs> Sorry, I derailed yep. everything. <laughs> no, his. Jen, what do you think about this role? Oh, I think it's great. I think it's funny. It's like, yeah, like we really looked at like words spoken. He might be like one of the uh, like fewest lines of mm-hmm. every, all the men nominated. Um, and he does a lot <laughs> without having like his words to help him because it's, yeah. But yeah, I mean, super memorable. And he's like the reason that movie really works and the reason we're still talking about that movie. So there's 100%. not a whole lot else going on, um, but he's amazing. And this will be interesting if it ends up being uh, Javier uh, up against uh, Heath Ledger mm-hmm. yeah. in this quadrant. Like uh, that'll be an uh, interesting choice for a lot of uh, incels. It should be mentioned um. <laughs> Javier Bardem also nominated, yes, for um, an Academy Award this year. Yeah, he's not yes. going to win it though, and, and he does not deserve that nomination. Yeah, but true, not against him as a person. That movie's just not good. <laughs> and we we do have a, a lot of people in this tournament, like the the multiple nominations, but they they won on their first nomination in supporting mm-hmm. roles. So well, um, next uh, in our or I should say our last on on the actor side uh, play or number one seed um we have robin williams Mm -hmm. as uh dr sean mcguire spelled the same way as jerry mcguire not not the mick but the mag Mm -hmm. um from 1997's goodwill hunting sorry that did not require that much explanation i just when i when i saw it i thought it was weird um but uh, I, I just watched, uh, rewatched Goodwill Hunting. Uh, amazing, amazing performance uh, from Robin Williams. But I noticed he calls uh, Matt Damon sport way too much. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I, on my last rewatch, I'm like, oh, oh, my God. He just said sport, like, for the 50th time. Yeah, that's probably Matt Damon's fault. Yeah. <laughs> I, <Yep. laughs> I haven't been wrote it. Yep. And I'm sure it was written in there. You are are you telling me Robin Williams did not ad lib half that script? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, Come on now. But if someone Come is on. saying sport too many times, it's <laughs> definitely mad or bad. And yeah. I am happy to blame anything on Matt Damon. That dude makes me mad. 
Uh, but uh, Jen, is this <laughs> is this an iconic role? Do, do you remember this one? Um, yeah, I do. I don't love Goodwill Hunting. Again, I don't like Matt Damon. He's a perfectly fine actor. I just don't like him. Oh, but uh, we're talking about Robin Williams. Here. I know we are, but I'm getting there. <laughs> I don't like Goodwill Hunting. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't think anyone it's would have cared about it at all. It's mediocre white men hunting, in my opinion. And we wouldn't be talking about that movie at all if it wasn't written by, like, two buddies in film school and then it got made. Like, the romanticism about how it was made is, I think, the main fuel behind it being popular. And okay. Robin Williams is great in it. He absolutely is. It's not Robin He's Williams' best performance, in my opinion. I feel like no. he has a lot more, like, really iconic performances. And, yeah, like, he was good. There was someone else that year that I really wanted to win instead of mm. him. And I don't remember who it was. But but I think Robin Williams could go very far in this tournament um, on the nostalgia factor. And the fact that we love him and he had so many amazing roles and this was one of them. He was definitely a redeeming factor of this mm-hmm. movie. Yes. I agree with all the points you made, but like... Yeah, he's the he best was... part of this movie, I definitely agree. <laughs> right. Uh, Ryan, what what do you think here? So, I... Goodwill Hunting was one of those moments in my life that changed everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like th- this is one of those movies that... Um, like I, I remember where I saw it. I remember who I was with and like it, hmm. it was, it completely transformed me going forward. Um, and you know, part of that had to do with Elliot Smith. That was my introduction yeah, to topic. Elliot Smith. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I, I had never, yes. I, I was pretty much exclusively into like hip hop and R and B music. And I heard this music this singer and i was like i've never heard anything like this before and like if there's other music like this out there i am interested in hearing it you know so it kind of like Mm -hmm. opened my mind to the possibility that like you know other good music might exist outside of hip-hop and r&b and like that was basically the beginning of my you know getting into like indie rock and punk and old like classic rock and folk and whatever you know um but it was also i mean for like a 16 year old boy this movie was just like perfect oh i'm sure yeah yeah um (laughs) and (laughs) it's definitely i mean i think that's kind of the target audience for it um now even I'd say like several years this later, this was a shot at puberty. Se- se- <laughs> several years later, looking back at it, it was like, oh, that movie wasn't great. Like there was definitely a lot of like really bad lines in it. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think now I haven't watched it in a long, long time, but I'm sure looking back at it now, there's probably a lot that I'd be like, oh boy, this is kind of cringy. But. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate Ben Affleck in this movie. Um, I think he's the worst part of the movie. Um, Correct. Robin Williams, though, by far. I mean, the character Will Hunting. A, Good Will Hunting is maybe the worst title for a movie of all time. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, but you know, e- even um, uh, Matt Damon's character is like not very likable. You know, mm-hmm. um, really, the movie hinges on Robin Williams. He's kind of the the Judd Hirsch in Ordinary People um, mm. uh, of this movie. Um, and I mean, I th- I think that's kind of what uh, Matt and Ben were doing when they mm-hmm. wrote this movie. They I think they were inspired by Ordinary People and by that Judd Hirsch character. Um, and you know how much I love Ordinary People. I do. You turned me on. I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And... Um, but yeah, he has a lot of those same vibes, um, and the, and the relationship between him and, and Will reminds me a lot of that same relationship between the T- Timothy Hutton character and Judd mm-hmm. Hirsch. But, mm-hmm. um, but Robin Williams is definitely the the redeeming factor, you know, uh, mm-hmm. him and, and Minnie Driver too. Um, yeah, her, she's so underwritten though. Yeah. Like Minnie Driver's yeah. fantastic, and she's doing what she can. Yeah, but. Yeah. This yeah. is obviously written it's by definitely, two college dudes. Yeah, it's it's when not. You said underwritten. I'm like, that's perfect. That that is, but but she is a delightful screen presence. She is. She, yes, in, she is in that movie. Um, mm-hmm. But Robin Williams, the whole movie hinges on him, and he is the character that is the emotional heart of the movie for sure. Um, and yeah, I mean, he he's a style icon. Of Boston middle-aged hairy guys, um, the, the with scene, that like the scene cabbie where he takes hat. But <laughs> my, my favorite is the the scene when he takes it, it's. I think it's their second or third meeting when he when he takes him to see the swans. Yeah, at the pond, and he he's just like, you don't know anything. Yeah, you've read all these books, blah blah. Mm-hmm. blah like, it, it, but he 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 just does it so so fucking well. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like you're, that, you're, you're just a kid or whatever. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I the, just the whole time I wish he like this was Dead Poet Society, you know? Yeah. Like right, right, right. the rest of the, like it's the same Robin Williams. They did, yeah, but the other people are so much better. <laughs> like the I I think though definitely the the show me the money moment of Goodwill mm-hmm. Hunting is it's not your fault. Yes, yeah. that part oh, is yeah, really good. The... That is really good. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we I do all like love that. Stop, cry. stop fucking with me, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> that part is really. Good. I will say that. Uh, <laughs> so jumping over to the other side, our first uh, number one seed, uh, we have uh, Viola Davis in Fences from 2016 as Rose Maxson. Mm-hmm. Just a fantastic, iconic role. Uh, Jen, what do you think here? Yeah, well, I think Viola Davis is iconic. Um, I don't know if this is my favorite of her roles. It's really good. Um, But Fences, I'm not in love with the movie Fences, personally. Mm -hmm. Um, I like August Wilson, but... And I like, like, I think I would like Fences as a play, I don't think mm-hmm. the uh, like the movie adaptation, like I don't, I, and it's just like the adaptation part of it. Like obviously, all the actors in it are great. Um, so I, I don't know. I think she'll make it a few rounds in this because we all love Viola Davis. 
but I don't think this is her most iconic role, and I don't think... It's definitely one of those movies, like, 20 years from now, people are like, yeah, of course she has an Oscar. I mean, she's got more than one now, but they're like, of course, of course. And then it's like, wait, what did she win supporting <laughs> actress for? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Great I love Viola Davis, though, and I love her performance. Yeah, but. not necessarily a great movie. Uh, Ryan... Does she have a chance to move far, or you kind of siding with Jen here? I don't know. I think, you know, in a lot of ways, she's kind of like the new, like this generation's Meryl Streep, Mm -hmm. I think, Mm -hmm. where like she's just every year she's in a movie, it's pretty much like lock it in. She's nominated for Best Actress or Best Supporting Actress. She's just like such a heavy hitter. Um, And I think that's the reason, kind of, she was... um, rated so high on this it wasn't just because of fences it was kind of a you know she should have won the year before for proof oh yeah that's right that was great she's nominated for that and she should have won that year she was amazing and then Um, it was then there were fences they're like all right you should have won (laughs) yeah and we know you're amazing here um but she did i mean this was an incredible performance. It was, it, yeah. And, and, and I mean, I also, I thought this movie was fine. Um, she definitely stole the movie. Although this is one of those performances, like you were talking about, Jenny, where like, mm, why is she supporting and Denzel Washington <laughs> is lead? They pretty <laughs> much have like the same amount of screen time and like, mm-hmm. you know. She she's just as much like a lead character as anybody, but, um, you know that's sometimes just how how they decide to categorize how their 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 nominees to have the most success. But right, it her, you know, in her reel, if you were to make a highlight reel of Viola Davis's career. I think her snot crying in fences would would be the pinnacle yeah. for me. <laughs> and right. really, I'm I mean, fact checking myself. It wasn't proof. What is the name of that movie? Doubt. Doubt. Thank you. That's it. That proof for some reason like I knew what you were time. talking about. Yes. I, I just. Yeah, I, I um, like. I can picture it. I can name everyone else in that cast. Also uh, based on a play. <laughs> yeah. Um, but. Um, but yeah, I, I, on it, I, I think her monologues in Fences are all just like home runs yes. and it is a, a great performance. So, um, I, but yeah, I, I hope that she we'll see. advances mm-hmm. just on the, um, yes. you know, respect to her name. Yes. <laughs> but we'll see. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. She will take on uh, Patricia Arquette or Octavia Spencer. So. Oh, man. It could be tough. Mm-hmm. Um, I, this whole tournament is tough, in my opinion. Yes, it is. Running long, so it I'm going gonna to try to talk fast. So I, I will uh, say <laughs> ran- ranking, especially the actress side, was really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, th- there were, I mean, it's like everybody was... Uh, you know, everybody had kind of redeeming qualities and I felt bad mm-hmm. putting anybody lower than like a two or a three, you know, mm-hmm. kind of in my in my rankings. So, 
Yeah, it's um, it's tough. And even now, looking back on it, it's like, oh, man, I really should have switched this and this and whatever. But <laughs> uh, no, you did an amazing job. You did an amazing job. And I'm I'm really glad. I know we kind of touched on it on, on the actor side um, that we got a villain in on the actress side. Uh, Tilda Swinton. Yes. In Michael Clayton from 2007 as Karen Crowder. Um, I recently, it, it was so funny. It was actually after our last episode, I sent Ryan a text and I'm like, I'm watching Michael Clayton tonight. <laughs> ah. <laughs> and it was fantastic. I love, love her acting in mm-hmm. this role. Oh my God. When she's like it, it, pumping it, herself up in the mirror, yes. like at the very beginning, like, oh, love it. Yep. She was the one that I was super obsessed with winning for that year. And I was so happy um, that she did because, yeah, like I didn't really know who she was, like came out of nowhere, I think, with that role for me. I, obviously, mm-hmm. she had been acting for a very long time. But, but yeah, man, like, and just not like a villain villain, like a super evil person. She was like those people that you know. And yeah. yep. she just like nailed it. Like, ah. And yeah, and it's funny seeing her like, you know, since then, like that's by far like the most conventional role. Big time. She's played. (laughs) Yeah. She's so good at it. Yep. She, she is great. And it's, it's so cool that in like, like you said, you know, she's been acting and has great performances going back to like the early nineties, but this was kind of the beginning of her really like, you know, entering into the American consciousness, I think, and like becoming a name. Um, And it's cool that she was able to lock down an Oscar this early in her career to kind of get that offer back and be like, you know, I'm sure, honestly, she doesn't seem like the type of person who gives a fuck about winning an Oscar. Yeah. But it's cool that it can be like, okay, she's got an Oscar. We don't have to worry about it. Weird as she wants to be. (laughs) Yep. It's not like, you know, five years from now, it'll be like, when will Tilda finally get her Oscar? (laughs) You know? Um, Because, yeah, she is amazing. And her body of work is just so all over the place. She's had so many Mm -hmm. weird, amazing roles. But, um, yeah, the. um, I I actually, I, I remember really liking Michael Clayton. I remember seeing it with Rebecca on one of our like first dates. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, it it's very like memorable circumstance, but I don't really remember the movie that well. Um I it definitely deserves a rewatch for me. I'm I'm excited to uh I don't oh, love that sure. movie either. I'm not a huge Michael Clayton fan. I haven't seen it since like I saw it in the movie theater trying to see all my best picture nominees. Yeah. And and I just remember being like, this was just fine, except for Tilda Swinton. Yeah. <laughs> Every scene hmm. she was in was electric. And then the rest was, like, good. Yeah. Best I got sucked supported. in by the story. I, yeah. <laughs> sorry. I, like, I, I enjoyed, you know, the, the storytelling, but mm-hmm. uh, we're not talking about that. We're not talking about the movie. We're talking about the role. And like you said, Jen, Tilda Swinton, electric in that movie so um up next uh cape blanchett in the aviator ah playing uh, playing katherine hepburn and this was this was fun mm-hmm. we had two kates in this movie 
Mm-hmm. The other Beckinsale uh, was there too. Kate Beckinsale playing Ava Gardner. But for me, <laughs> amazing role. But real quick, I just want to say I wish this movie they they had made it like in the style of 1940s movies, and they all talked like really ah, 1940s. Yes. <laughs> but. Uh, K- uh, Kate Blanchett does talk in the style of 1940s movies. The mid-Atlantic accent, yeah. Yep. <laughs> no, she, I mean, this is definitely, you know, I don't think this movie historically is looked at as being a pinnacle of anybody's career. Good. Um, or, or even good. Wait. I, 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 I <laughs> I, I really I really enjoyed it at the time. Um and um and especially, you know, I think as far as like Oscar y performances go and biopic performances go, this is one of the best. Um I think that her portrayal of Katherine Hepburn is so dead on. It's like it it's mm-hmm. not it's not you know, uncanny in, in a bad way, but it's like she just embodies it so well um, that, you know, it's it was kind of like one of those performances where you see it and you're like, oh, this motherfucker's winning an Oscar. Yeah. Or she's um, going for it, at least. You're watching yeah. that and you're like, I know why you're here. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, I... I think it's a oh, right? good movie, great performance. Yeah. Jen? I think it's Jenna? a bad movie, and this is, the, like, her scenes are the only ones really worth watching. Like, I don't, yeah. And I, I think I went into this movie, like, anticipating it too much, because I love the 1940s at Hollywood stories, and, And you love you know, mo- a- any movie that has people peeing in jars. I am here for it. You'll I love it for when people save their fingernails. Yes, <laughs> <Yeah>. please. <laughs> um, you know, like, it's it's a great, like, you know, like, I don't know, an interesting person to make a movie about. The movie, I just don't think, that, like, it doesn't work at all. And I found it very boring. And I felt like all of the Hollywood scenes were a lot of just like, let's just recreate it and people will think it's amazing. And, but I don't think they do anything particularly interesting um, with it. It's but just like, it. look at these modern people dressed up and talking like old time people. <laughs> Aren't you blown away, Oscar, please? And I felt like the whole movie just seemed like an Oscar grab and it wasn't it- interesting. Yeah, so. you nailed it with that. It, I mean, and I was going to ask you to, uh, we're kind of running out of time, but it, it felt like there was a, that period in the early 2000s where, like, every year between Thanksgiving and Christmas, there'd be a Spielberg movie, there'd be a Leo movie, mm-hmm. there'd be a Scorsese movie, and they were all, like, I mean, we're talking about a bunch of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, I, I remember the Aviator. Well, they're all the ones. A, it was, was the Christmas Harvey Weinstein weekend. era yeah. of him, yeah. to, like Miramax taking well, those. We don't movies. say that. That that's Voldemort. That we don't <laughs> say that. <laughs> well, we could recognize that he had a huge impact on <laughs> yes. late '90s to like well into the 2000s 
film. And he was the one deciding what movies got nominated in a lot of ways. And I think this, like, is a lot on that. And that's why the this, the, the like, we're talking about Oscar movies. It's so mm-hmm. much more fun nowadays. Yeah. We don't have to deal with that bullshit. So. I agree. Um, I agree that the world's a better place without him <laughs> walking around. Our, our, our last, uh, 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 first round or uh getting a buy seed uh one of my favorite roles uh lupita nuango in 12 years a slave from uh 2013 as patsy just an amazing performance Mm -hmm. um obviously a tough movie not uh, you know yeah something Oh man, let's all get around and mm-hmm. watch. <laughs> but, oh, it's been a rough week. What should I put on? Maybe a little twelve years of slave. Like, no, no, no. no. <laughs> yeah. Sounding like an idiot here. I apologize, but no, she just as she an does. actress, yeah, she's she does such an amazing job in this in this yep. role, and I think she could go far. Uh, Jen, what do you what do you think? Yeah, about? yeah, I think she'll probably go far. Um, because this is definitely, like, the ingenue, like, her, not, not the role necessarily, but, like, her and her, like, really, like, debut into Hollywood, and she was mm-hmm. so amazing, and then she's just, like, you know, followed it up with amazing performances, mm-hmm. too, um, and been really smart with that, but, yeah, she's, she's great and so good in there, and this is really one that's a supporting, supporting role, like, she probably has I think less than 20 minutes of screen time um in it and doesn't even show up till like I think the third act even like she it's very well into the movie yeah and but she yeah like definitely steals the show with it just nails fantastic Mm -hmm. hard to watch but fantastic Ryan um yeah fully agree with everything you two say you know I think this is has a chance of going far. I think this is one of the best performances in the in the bracket. And yeah. mm-hmm. um, this was definitely somebody who... It was a coming out party. I don't think anybody really mm-hmm. knew who she mm-hmm. was. Um, and it um, was also a great Oscar speech, too, that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it was funny. I was just watching, like, a montage of um you love your speeches i do i was watching a montage of supporting actor and actress speeches and hers in in like a five second clip i literally like my tear ducts started working (laughs) um but yeah um you know she's definitely one of those people who i think now pretty much anything she does i'm like okay oh lupita's attached i'm interested yeah oh okay i'm gonna pay attention yeah um so I think for that reason, especially, um, she will have a chance of, of going far. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I, I don't know. I don't remember how this movie fared in our Best Picture um, tournament. It got a round or it, two. Yeah, I think it made a round or two. Like it had a few wins, but it didn't. I don't know I if was it pushing made it to it. eight. Yeah. Yeah. But it was it was a tough. It was yeah. A tough one, yeah. So. Um, but yeah, you know I'm anxious mm-hmm. to see. I, I definitely think she deserves it. She definitely was snubbed a few years later for us, in my opinion. Yes, um, I agree. Which was mm-hmm. maybe even a better performance. Yes. 
but we're not talking about that. But no, and she would have been nominated for lead actress, so she <laughs> yeah <laughs> for that. Um, so so <laughs> she, was real, she was so good in that. Real quick, we have uh, two uh, uh, actual matchups to talk about. Uh, we've got uh, Marshala Ali from mm-hmm. uh, Moonlight in 2016 as Juan. Uh, up against uh, Christoph Waltz, oh. Christoph Charleston, mm-hmm. or <laughs> Christoph Jiggerbud, or uh, <laughs> what? What are some other dances? Uh, uh, <laughs> Charleston, Christoph Can Can, Can Can, Christoph Can Can, uh, <laughs> uh, from Inglorious Bastards in 2009 is Colonel Hans Landa. Very tough matchup here. Yes. Time. You know, again, we kind of talked about, you know, how much are people in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, but um, this one's really interesting because so, they're really playing opposites with yeah, oh, Marshall Ali's character being, you know, the big black guy who's a drug dealer and definitely the type that we immediately like look at as a villain and then we've got Christoph Waltz on the other side, who is so terrifying because he's just this little old man who talks very quietly and very politely and is terrifying. Where Mahershala Ali is? Am I saying it right? Mahershala. Mahershala Ali. Thank you. Mahershala Ali is so such a tender and beautiful mm-hmm. um, and loving role. So, oh, that's tough. They're both and amazing I performances. I, I fucked up the pronunciation. Oh, it's okay. So um, no, and it, it's it's just weird because I, f- I feel like both of these roles are like the roles that brought both of these actors yeah. really into a, a lot of people's lives. Mm-hmm. Like the, mm-hmm. This is... Ryan, what are you feeling here? Um, this is really hard. This is really hard for me. Um, you know, because... Moonlight is probably my favorite movie from the last decade. Ever, you know, it's one of my favorite movies ever for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, the character Juan gets the titular line. Um, he's definitely w- one of the <laughs> the most important characters in the movie, um, and he has. And you know how much I love when they say the title of the movie. In the movie. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> That's something you always look for. But he, you know, he <laughs> he gets that that swimming scene, which is kind mm-hmm. of w- one of the most yes. iconic like, scenes in in mm-hmm. the movie, mm-hmm. and you know, just makes me emotional just thinking about it. You know, um, but Christoph Waltz, man, you know, I I would put that performance right up with um, Javier Bardem and Anthony Hopkins. Javier yeah, Bardem's, there you go. You know, performance personally. Yeah. As far as like great villains, I mm-hmm. mean, that, that is opening just, scene. That, that opening, opening scene. scene. Oh my god! <laughs> One of the great opening scenes. I mean, yeah, just brutal. Um, mm. And so you know, tense. <laughs> He's just talking um, so calmly, and you're like, oh my god. <laughs> interesting fact. I I may have talked about this in previous podcast <laughs> yeah i would call it a factoid about me um i saw inglorious bastards with my dad the night before i got married oh, um, oh yeah you did read <laughs> because that was a weird 
I, uh, <laughs> you know, we were, Becky was with her uh, bridesmaids and stuff and like needed to get ready the next morning. And so we separated for the night so I could, you know, I, I just hung out with my parents and stayed the night at their house. But that's what me and my dad did. And I enjoyed the movie a lot more than he did. But, oh, really? <laughs> well, which, he had he saw the previous one? What previous one? The original? Well, it's a remake. Inglorious mm-hmm. Bastards? No, it's yeah. not. No, it's a Quentin oh, Tarantino it original. Um, but no. Isn't like there another movie. movie named Inglorious Bastards? Mm-mm. Oh. Not that I know. Um, Although this one has bastards is spelled wrong. Um, but that's on purpose. But they do say, right. I think, Inglorious Bastards in the movie because that's what they're called, yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> so yeah I think Fred, Fred, Pitt, Fred Pitt <laughs> yep. might get the titular line. He probably does. Nope. 1978, Inglorious Bastards. Oh, wow. Oh. In 1944, France, a group of escaped mil- American military prisoners en route to Switzerland volunteered to steal Nazi wow. V2 rocket war. Yeah, oh. I knew it was a re- remake. How dare that's, you? That's news yeah. to dare both of you. I, yeah. Um, I knew it. Huh. We're gonna fight when we meet in person. <laughs> <laughs> but no, my my dad had not seen the original. Um, I bet he had, and that's why he was angry. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I I was very familiar with the original text, so I enjoyed it a lot more. <laughs> um. But yeah, no, this is a really tough matchup for me. I love both these tough matchups, and I love yeah. both great. of these movies. Mm-hmm. Great movies, great performances. Um, little more interesting oh, matchup. Oh my uh, god, I just realized something. What? Mahershala Ali and Christoph Waltz both won another supporting actor award like two years later after this. What did What did Waltz win for? Um, uh, Django Unchained. Did he? Oh, gosh. Yeah. I knew he was in and, there. I didn't remember and then he Mahershala Ali won for Green Book. Yep, for Green Book. Th- these are but both two times. Moonlight is the way better, like, performance. For sure. Oh, these, the, 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 they, the, their other performances were kicked out? Well, we, we only had room for so many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I didn't put anybody on there twice. Yeah. Um, and but, there are other but for the same that, award. Yeah, even Django's for the not same a great award. movie either. It's better than Green Book, but it's not a great movie. Yeah, yeah. So Wait, yeah, Mer- Christoph Waltz won twice for Quentin uh, Tarantino. He's kind of he's movies. a good guy in Django. He's a good guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I understand he's a good guy in Django, but it's still a, another. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Still the same. Yeah. We just loved him that much. Yeah. Isn't that wild though? And that that was that just by pure chance. I didn't put them together on purpose, but okay. just realized as I was looking through. Whoa, shit. These were the two people who they won both have yep. two supporting awards actor twice. One of them is going to get kicked out. <laughs> yep. Wow, Ryan. Wow. Okay, so moving Sorry. on. <laughs> Last matchup. <laughs> this, one's, this one's for the, uh, the early bird special fans. Uh, we have Tommy Lee Jones <laughs> from uh, The Fugitive yep. in 1993 as Samuel Gerard up against Morgan Freeman from Million Dollar Baby uh, mm-hmm. 2004 as Eddie Scrap Iron Dupree. <laughs> yep. Um, 
couple of our older entries. Mm-hmm. That's why I said it's for the early birds. Special. <laughs> yep. Sorry. Yep. Oh no, it definitely. <laughs> Got to get there before four, Jerry. Yep. Um, they they actually started a movie together called Just Getting Started in 2017. <laughs> oh, really? Where, where one was a mob informant and one was a, a former prosecutor. Oh, man. <laughs> and did, did that win any Oscars? Uh, all of them. <laughs> yeah, all, it, it won all the Oscars. Swept that year. <laughs> uh, I have to say, uh, my, I'm going to be voting Tommy Lee Jones, obviously, in this matchup, because... The the classic quote, mm-hmm. I didn't kill my wife, just Tommy Lee Jones going, I don't, I don't care. care. <laughs> <laughs> that is my yeah. number one. <laughs> but, Jen, how are you feeling with this matchup? I don't know. You just reminded me that Boric and Freeman will be in, like, any movie that asks them <laughs> yeah. to be in it. Man. Scrap iron. He's so good, and it's he's been in so many bad movies, uh, but he's such a good actor. Um, yeah, I uh, I don't know. But didn't you do the voiceover in Million Dollar Baby? Isn't yeah? Like I feel that's, like that's Million Dollar Baby is one where we're really arguing. Like that's one where it's like, is this a supporting <laughs> role? Like. But also, like, of course he's going to narrate a movie. Why would you have Morgan Freeman in a movie and not have him narrate it, too? Like, he's so good at that. Why don't we have that. an Oscar for that? We sh- probably Best should. Narration. We need more movies with narration. <laughs> but I like I like a good narration. Um, yeah, he, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of torn on this. The Fugitive is a great movie. Um, it is. It's a great, like, action movie. Um, yeah. It's a great action movie to watch with your parents. Um, which is an important genre. <laughs> Especially in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait until the next time you're like, uh, uh, on an episode, you're like, oh, I'm going to go see my parents the next weekend. And I'm like, oh, you going to put on The Fugitive? Well, maybe. That... They'd all be like, yeah. Yeah, we should watch that again. That's a good movie. That, that's going to be like uh, a pop tournament in like three years. When we really start getting low. Action movies to watch with your parents. Action parents, yeah. And the fugitive should be top scene. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. It's, it's going to be... It's a great movie to watch, but I mean, Tommy Lee Jones, and yeah, he says the one line, but that's really all I can remember about him in there, besides like walking around with a gun and chasing after Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's it, like, he has so many other great performances. I'm not saying I don't love Tommy Lee Jones. But on the other hand, we've got Million Dollar Baby, which is a messier movie, I think, but it's trying to be so much more and and is so much more there. And there's so many like and Morgan Freeman is doing a lot more in Million Dollar Baby than Tommy Lee Jones is doing in The Fugitive. So I think I got to go Morgan Freeman. All right. I'm surprised they didn't, uh, you know commission alice cooper to rewrite billion dollar babies oh. to be million dollar babies for the it'll be even messier the, theme song. <laughs> i don't think we need to add more to million dollar baby that movie needed a lot of things pulled out but yeah uh the, the, and, and ryan go ahead uh Sorry. this is a really tough matchup um and you know i i think that mm-hmm. um you know i look at the 
the last matchup and I go, oh, I like these two performances way better than these. You know, I, right. I like yeah. Moonlight and Inglorious Bastards. Those performances way better than these two. Very true. But the role of, uh, you know, uh, of Samuel Gerard, U.S. Marshal in The Fugitive is like so iconic and, and it stood the test of time mm-hmm. um and you know i think just morgan freeman as as an entity mm-hmm. is like so beloved and you, you know it's i i feel like these are both could be contenders and i i don't know who's gonna win in this matchup yeah. i feel like it's could be anybody and i feel like either one of these people could win in the next round too you know mm-hmm. um so well, yeah speaking of contenders we, we got a tough matchup today so yeah 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 <laughs> but um you know tommy lee jones i know he is really having a moment right now he's got that show um with him and pamela anderson um <laughs> so he's got that going for him he's got that huge penis that people keep talking about <laughs> yeah so. i would love to see that show just with, but it's, it's literally tommy lee jones playing tommy lee <laughs> he should have been the voice of tommy lee's penis yeah. in that episode of pam and tommy it should have been tommy lee jones missed opportunity <laughs> oh I wish we had more crossover. Yeah. I really. <laughs> but yeah, I, I thought Morgan Freeman was very Morgan Freeman-y in Million Dollar Baby. But, <laughs> but mm-hmm. that is still, like you said, Jenny, I thought you you gave the perfect summary that like he was doing so much more and he was, you know, the, there was a lot more there in that performance than... Tommy Lee Jones's performance was pretty like one note, but he definitely but really well done. stole the movie. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and if you had put someone else in there, it wouldn't have been as good of a movie. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think that was a coming out role for Tommy Lee Jones. I don't think most mm-hmm. people had ever really heard of Tommy Lee Jones before, at least a casual movie fan like myself. I think he had been like an astronaut a bunch of times. Sure. Like I feel like some of his astronaut movies were before that, but you know what? But, yeah. You know what Tommy Lee Jones had to say about that? I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I just gotta find a plug in here. Sorry. Um, the one thing I wanted to say here, quick, is I have to find a plug in and make sure that we don't lose this recording. There we go. All right. Um, yeah, I actually don't have anything else. Uh, big <laughs> shout out. <laughs> yes, yeah, st- stalling while I'm making sure this doesn't burn. <laughs> uh, actually, I do have to say a shout out to Kayla for uh, listening into the podcast, uh, a new listener, and uh, hope hope you check out uh, some of these movies. Uh, she was excited to. Uh, see what uh, some of these entries were. So, um, do you two have anything else, Ryan? Um, 
No, uh, Kayla, enjoy the aviator. I really think you're gonna like it. Um, the the pee stuff is really great. <laughs> what about Tommy Lee Jones? <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones what is great. I like Tommy Lee Jones. I'm excited. Uh, <laughs> Kayla, watch The Fugitive with your parents. Yep. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Jen, what do you care about? Um, About this tournament. I, these episodes are all going to be long because now I have lots of opinions. <laughs> I feel like every time we have anything that's like prestige movie stuff, it's oh, like... Oh, man. I've got a lot of, a lot of takes. Yeah. Some of them hot. <laughs> Settle in. Nope. <laughs> all right. Well, uh... Yeah, I think that about wraps it up for this week. So, for everybody out there in the Pop Tournaments universe, please keep on voting and keep on popping. Pop, pop. Bye, friends. Gene Hackman is a juggalo. <laughs> <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.